0: I want to Before I get into the message, we have a, a video that was sent out by, uh, I think it was sent out by Open Doors, which is another ministry to the persecuted church. And it's just a story of, of one of our brothers of what life is like in North Korea and what it means to be a believer in North Korea. So I'm going to show that video, his testimony, his story, and then uh, I want to come up and just share a little bit about a passage that speaks to, to our relationship with the persecuted brothers. So if we can do that, Chris, yeah.
1: In the primary school, we were taught that all missionaries were terrorists. They told us that a missionary will be nice to you at first, but when they get you into their homes, then they will kill you and eat your liver. There was no food and no work in my village. Like some others, I snuck across the mountain border into China. I picked mushrooms in the hopes of selling them in Chiang Bai. I don't speak Chinese at all. But in the mountains, I met a man. He said, I can sell those for you. And he didn't cheat me. He gave me all the money from the sale. At that time, I didn't know he was Pastor Han. Over the next two years, I went back several times. Each time Pastor Han helped me. One day, I asked why he would do this for he himself was in great danger for assisting a North Korean. It is because I am a Christian, he said. That made me afraid. Was he going to eat my liver? One day, Pastor Han said to me, God is real. There is hope for every person. I could not believe he will say that word. God, nobody says that word. We know it is an act of treason. <laughs> to speak the name of God can lead to soldiers coming in the night. about you, and no one will ever dare ask where you have gone. One day I asked Pastor Han for a Bible. He knew that if I was caught with a Bible, my life would be in danger. But over time, I persuaded him. I showed the Bible to my wife. At first, she refused to even look at it. Why would you bring that here, she cried. She knew that if anyone reported that you had even glanced at a Bible, you would be arrested and not just you. You and all your relatives sent to the concentration camps for years and years and years. Over time, my wife too learned that God is real. She found hope. And then I shared the word of God with my best friend. It was very dangerous for me to share. It was very dangerous for him to listen. One day in the summer of 2016, we heard that some North Korean assassins were being honored by the government, rewarded for their good work, for killing a terrorist missionary in Changbai. We knew it was Pastor Han. Who else could it be? We were, we were frightened. Did they, they know was he was my friend? Did they know I had met with him many times? <laughs> Pastor Han gave his life, but he gave hope to me and to many other North Koreans. And despite 죽을 the ever-present danger, many of us will continue to share the message that God is real. We hope that our sacrifice, when the day comes, will 온다면, be worthwhile, just like it was for Pastor Han. 한 목사님이 그러셨던 것처럼 말입니다
0: I remember getting an email in 2016 when when Pastor Han was assassinated, just the influence he'd had on so many North Koreans, and then the reality that that that's how things are dealt with there. So, yeah. So it struck me, you know, wrestling with okay, so what do we preach? What do we focus on? That the whole idea of the persecuted church, that's that's really was the story, the story of normal life in the New Testament era. Like, there's this passage in in the book of Acts in chapter 9. It says, So the church throughout all Judea and Samaria, Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. That out of the whole story of the church in the book of Acts, it suddenly tells you that, hey, wait a minute, there was this time period where they actually had peace. Because all the rest of the time in the New Testament, time period of the church and all these letters that we have the church was being persecuted it was just the norm for them uh, of what that was and so for us to think now in the u.s of the persecuted church it's like wow some and there are some places where it's persecuted when the reality almost from the bible's point of view is no there are some places where people are not being persecuted and, and that's more the exception so i want to i want to take some verses from philippians where actually where pastor ted was and just look at their story and kind of draw some applications for for us in a in a free in a free place but in our relationship to the persecuted church so the the philippians that church in philippi was a place where paul went he went he had a good result a number of people came to to give their lives to to follow jesus and then there was an uproar and there was a riot and paul and and his uh, coworkers were arrested and they were beaten and then they were going to be set free the next day. And, and in the course of that night, as you know the story, there was this earthquake and all, this, all the doors in the prison opened up, not just Paul's, but everybody's opened up. And, and Paul got everyone to stay in place and the Roman jailer runs in and is panicked. And when he sees, you know, Paul's faith, when he sees what God can do, he decided to give his life and his family with him uh, to, fo- to follow Jesus. And Paul goes on, but he knows those believers, they were left there in that in that place that was hostile to the message. They, they mistreated him. They're certainly going to mistreat all the, the followers of his. And so Philippians, this letter to the Philippians is written to a church that has having to deal with persecution. And they know that Paul, while he writes this letter, he's in jail and they're worried about his his the persecution he's facing while he's worried about the persecution. That they're facing. And so when he writes this letter to them, there's just some applications for us. And how do we relate to brothers and sisters that are persecuted? What is it that we need to, to know about them? And really, the first, the first thing I think we need to step back and, and get to is that it's important for us to, to know about the persecuted church. It's important for you to know about that. That's not just something that a couple of us in the church or something we have a special interest in and we read on and whatever. It's important for us all to know about the persecuted church or really we could flip that around a little bit it's important for you to know about our persecuted church family if we really are family of jesus who are committed to following him and making him known and and trying to get this message out through the whole world then they're they're connected in this in this family of christ you know by nature your life just has a way of narrowing down doesn't it to to what's of interest to you and what you need to do and, and what might affect your life or my, what might threaten you or what it is for you to follow Jesus, life just kind of narrows down for us. And, and one of the things that the Holy Spirit's constantly trying to do for us is widen out your perspective, widen out your heart so that other people can find a place in in your heart and your concern and your schedule he's trying to widen out your vision beyond just what it is your life's going to do and what's going to happen he's trying to widen out your vision to what it is god would do through you and even to get you to see what he's doing around the world so that you'll be encouraged so that that so that that doesn't happen that it doesn't just narrow down i think that's why there's so many verses in the bible that tell us to love each other in all kinds of different ways because we're going to narrow down and love the person closest to us which is us in, unless somebody keeps telling us, it's not just about us, it's not just about our church, it's not just about America. This is, this is the reason, like, why that solo church experience is just so—it's uh, such an anomaly to what the Bible says. The, adi- the idea that Cottage Hill might be your church, but that you really don't take time to develop relationships in Cottage, at Cottage Hill, or. You don't look for, how is it that I can serve here? How can I grow here? How can I be faithful here? That's just an anomaly because, because God has made us into a body. He's made us into a family, and that family is here, but then that family goes around the world. So it's important to know about them just to just even to see what is normal and, and what's acceptable. Jesus kept saying, like Pastor T- T- Ted referenced, he kept saying that people were going to suffer. He He's very open with the disciples that if you follow me, it's going to cost you. Remember, he had people that wanted to follow him, and he had to let them know, well, this, you know, the one guy who's going to follow him, he says, listen, I don't have anywhere to stay. We're sleeping outside. And he lost that guy. And then there's somebody else that wanted to go back home. And he said, no, we're moving on. So you're either coming with me now or you're not coming with me. And then he said to them, listen, when, when you're persecuted, just not if, but when. He was very upfront with his followers or, or people that were thinking of following him about what was going to be the norm for them and so that's the norm it's important for us to know that's the norm what we're sitting here wrestling with wow wednesday night do i want to be out another night i'm kind of tired i'm kind of it's good for us to know the norm that in africa like for instance where mike is people are walking a couple hours to get to service and their services are going on and on that's the norm this is not the norm so it's important for us to know about them and to know about them so that that norm can be stretched out and we can get a handle on what really God is doing to have an inherent connection with people around the world who are brothers and sisters in the same way. It's funny, you will meet people that you will connect with because of some, something that's going on in your life. I was in, I was in line when we were flying home from Germany, we had a layover in, in Dublin and uh, was it Dublin or was it Belfast? Do you guys know Mum's not here? <laughs> That's Dublin, sure. So we're in Dublin, and I'm, I'm waiting to get some, some mineral water. And in, in Europe, mineral water, you can buy it based on how bubbly it is. There's a, there's a word for that my brother at Spindrift was telling me, but how bubbly it is. So I'm looking at these two bottles of, of mineral water on the counter as we're going through this line. And so you know how that goes. You're in a place you're not really familiar with, still trying to figure out the euro thing. So I've got, my, I've got euros left that I'm trying to, to spend. I want some mineral water. I don't want still water, which I've learned the difference of that. But they've got these two bottles of mineral water, so I'm trying to figure that out. And I, sa- I said to this, this lady said to me, I think she spoke to me first. She says, it's hard to figure out what the water is, isn't it? She said it without the accents. That says it is. It's really hard. She said. I said. We really, we really like to drink the mineral water over here. It's been great. I just don't want to buy still water. Said no, neither do I. And uh, I said, you sound like you're, you're American. She says I am. She said, where are you from? I said Massachusetts. She said, oh, I'm from Massachusetts. Instant connection. You know, she's, I never heard of Rochester, Massachusetts, but it's by the Cape, so she's there. What are we doing in Europe? Oh, my son and I have gone to all these different cities. What are you doing in Europe? Oh, my son's teaching English in southern Germany. Oh, where did you get? We went, she went to all these cool cities, and we had Prague in common, so we talked about Prague. Isn't that funny? You're traveling somewhere, you meet somebody with, a, with just an overlap, and you have this instant connection. You know, whatever that is. You know, you might be somewhere, and you might see somebody with your sports team. You know when you're out of you're out of the area you just feel an instant connection to them and i usually i usually will follow up on that connection and talk to the person whether they're for me or against me whoever that is but you know what that is you just go to different places and you just find a connection with somebody that's what we have as christians with, with every one of them around the world that we don't we'll never meet until we get to heaven but there's that connection and so it's important it's important for us that we that we build on that connection it's important for you to know about your persecuted church family because their family and what they're going through we eventually will go through you know if not before the great tribulation certainly we'll we'll know it then so Paul says in this passage to Philippians I want you to know if you're open to Philippians it's chapter 1 verse 12 and I want to read down through verse 26 Philippians 1 12 to 26. He's in jail. They're suffering. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense in or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope That I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I I can't tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. So convinced of this, I know I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and join the faith, so that in me you might have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Now, uh, from a persecuted Christian to persecuted Christians, important to know about your persecuted church family. And so, and so these, different, these different ways and these different uh, things that you can, you can know about to them, the Thessalonians was another church that Paul went to. He was only there a short time before he's driven out. He sends a letter back to them. He says, for you brothers became imitators of the church of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. Just say, I want you to know you're in Thessalonica and people back in Jerusalem, you guys have a connection because you are suffering for the same message together. So he writes that to them. So important for you to, to know that way. We have the monthly time of prayer for the persecuted church. You know, the third Sunday. There are some apps that I, I've mentioned in the past. I just mentioned them to you again. The Voice of the Martyrs has an app that where they will send you a, a daily uh, a daily prayer request. The Open Doors USA ministry. Um, some of you are familiar with Brother Andrew, who smuggled Bibles into the into con, communist Europe uh, in his van for years and years and Open Doors is the ministry that kind of started out of, out of his work. Uh, they also will send you prayer requests as they become available, as they become known of them. So Voice of the Martyrs, uh, the one on the left, is this is the daily one. They'll usually send it about one of the top 50 persecuted, persecuting countries in, in the world. And so this is this morning's, it was on Uzbekistan. The picture is of a brother pastor who spent four years, I think, in jail. Yeah, and now been reunited with his family. He'll give you the country and a couple of things to pray for it, and then you, you click that button, and it tells you, it adds you to the list of people that have prayed. There were 560 people that had already prayed uh, when I got that this morning. The other, the other side is the Open Doors uh, app, what it will send you. It will send you a prayer request if something becomes available. This was the one this morning. Two churches were forced to close in Laos. Uh, one church was given a hassle. They weren't allowed to meet because they didn't have a permit. They got all the permits they needed, and then they brought them to local authorities, and they still won't allow them to meet. So it'll just give you a couple of prayer requests. These are ways just to keep your walk with Jesus and your church experience from being just about you. And and there are ways so that you and I can keep what is normal and what God should expect of us on par with what he should expect of the rest of the world. And will you watch what it is to live in North Korea? Boy, that gives you a sense of this is what God has a right to demand of his followers and and that's important for us so important for you to know about your church persecuted church family I want you to know he says and so many of his letters are giving the churches an update on what his situation is and so many of these letters that Paul wrote are him getting an opportunity to hear about what's going on with their lives so important for you to know you go on in the passage and you find out that the gospel is spreading is the most important thing In the persecuted church and granted there's a lot of people that are like us or like me i shouldn't loop you into that huh that if i was being persecuted i I hope i hope that jesus being known would be the most important thing but i think god would you please end this would probably be a close second in that huh you just okay god you know uh, thank you that you kind of be worthy to go to jail i could get out anytime now And if you let me out any time now, I can think about all kinds of ways I could glorify you. I could tell people how good you were to me. I could tell people about the guys in jail, but you can get me out any time. It's good. It's just, it's important to see for, you know, there are persecuted believers like that, but a lot of them, it's, hey, while I'm in jail, we've started a church in jail. While I'm in jail, I'm getting to know Jesus when I read the book, The Insanity of God, and I've got a video I'll show in a second uh, by Nick Ripkin who wrote that. He, he said in China, they view going to jail as seminary. So he was in a conference of young adults, of Chinese young adults who were believers, and they were meeting together to just encourage one another and strengthen one another, and they're talking about somebody who said, yeah, but he's only been in jail for two years, so he really hasn't learned enough yet. I mean, think about that mentality. You know, hey, we'd like you to serve in the church, but really, I've been in jail long enough. We need to send you back longer. They just had this mentality that that's their seminary. They, so they they don't see being free or being free to meet is the most important thing. The most important thing is, is that the gospel gets a chance to spread and to go out. Today, <clears throat> like the video says, in the video we started service with, today people will be jailed for their faith. They'll be They'll be fired from their jobs for their faith. They'll be fined because of their faith. In Uzbekistan, when I was reading up uh, in the uh, app, it'll give you an opportunity to read more about it. Uzbekistan, the government has found that an effective way to raise money is to fine believers. And so they'll be heavily fined for meeting as a church. And so people are being fined. They've got to come up with money that they don't have. Today, people will be kicked out of their homes, especially in Muslim countries, if you're a believer. You've brought shame on your family. You'll be kicked out right away. You may be killed as an honor killing to save face for for that family. You may have to flee flee the country. Uh, today, in the name of Jesus, people are going to be killed. In the name of Jesus. Women are going to be raped for because they're followers of Jesus. Remember, we read a few weeks ago uh, that our, what God is doing in in Iran, and some of the sisters noted. I came back across this. It says one of our sisters in Iran says. We know that if they get us, the first thing they will do to us as a woman is rape us. And then they will beat us, and ultimately they'll kill us. This is the decision we've made that we want to offer our bodies as sacrifices. Because I have have this thought when I wake up, that when I leave the door, I might not come back. A leader of the Iranian underground church explains their goal is not planting churches, but rather making disciples, the majority of whom are women. Disciples forsake the and cling to Jesus till he comes. Converts don't. Disciples aren't engaged in in a culture war. Converts are. Disciples cherish, obey, and share God's word. Converts don't. Disciples choose Jesus over anything and everything else. Converts don't. Converts run when the fire comes. Disciples don't. I mean, that's, that's the mentality. It is not, being delivered is not the most important thing. The gospel spreading, that's the most important thing. Because that's what they understand Jesus has left us to do. So I want to have a video I want to show just a, of Nick Ripken. He has, he's been so many places in the world that they don't, they don't show his face so that he can continue to travel. He wrote the book uh, and then the DVD, The Insanity of God, which he'll refer to. And then he's just come out with The Insanity of Obedience, which is just what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus who's willing to live as a follower of Jesus. So I'm going to click that, Chris, if you get the lights.
2: The dagger in the heart to believers in persecution is our lack of understanding of how we connect with them. We've got a decision that we make every day. We can ask ourselves this question. Do I want to identify with believers in persecution, or do I want to identify with their persecutors? Do I want to identify with the person in chains, or do I want to identify with the person that chained them? And when you ask them, well, how did I determine who I identify with? They say, by whether or not today you share Jesus with someone else or you keep him to yourself. Because the number one desire of Satan is to deny people access to Jesus. After 30 years overseas, there are some things we know. We know that there is a real spiritual battle between evil and good, God and Satan taking place. There's another thing that we know and that we get to decide. We get to decide whether we will be on the side of evil or whether we will accept Jesus and be on the side of good. The insanity of obedience, walking with Jesus in tough places is all about being a good partner with Christ. The insanity of God was come to Jesus, cross the street, get on an airplane. The insanity of obedience is what we do once we cross the street, once we get off the airplane. How do you do your work in such a way that when, not if, when persecution comes it will be for who Jesus is and not for any other reason. And so the books are like bookends. One says, what, what causes me and helps me get on the plane? And the second one is, what do I do when I get off the plane? Listen, if you want to know Jesus, fine. If you keep him to yourself, you can go to Saudi Arabia, you can go to Kuwait, you can go to Qatar, you can go to the Emirates, you can go to Oman, you can go anywhere and live a happy life if you just keep Jesus to yourself. But the people that we have been living with are those who, who choose to pick up Jesus and choose to pick up witness. And the point of identification with them is at the point of witness. What believers in persecution feel is that we really, what we have for them is pity. And they said, don't pity us when we are beaten and jailed and even are killed for our faith. That is the time that you should give thanks to God because our overt persecution is clear evidence that the covert, the quiet persecution, does not work. They are being persecuted because of their witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ.
0: So the most important thing to them is not, is not getting out of jail or that the gospel spreading is the most important thing to them just like it always has been Paul says here in Philippians he says I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel some people aren't doing it with the best motives Paul says but that's okay to him All he wants to know is that the gospel is going out. Because if the gospel is going out, God can work beyond bad motives. He can work through however much you feel like you botch up the gospel when you share it. He can work beyond that because the gospel has power in itself. And so the spreading of the gospel is the most important thing to them. Cindy and I were able to hear uh, Nick Ripken when he was at City Church last year. And when he says that line that he started the video with, it's pretty powerful that we can choose to identify with our persecuted brothers and sisters and share the gospel or by not sharing the gospel not telling people about Jesus we're identifying with persecutors that's a pretty powerful statement to hear and yet, and yet it's true there are those two forces that are going on in the world one is spreading this good news about Jesus Christ and the other one is doing everything it can to keep it silent as i've been reading through uh, uh, Jeremiah in my quiet time and And just burdened for for people that used to follow jesus and don't and there's a verse i came across that just really struck me that satan's goal his goal is not to ruin people's lives the ultimate goal he has especially for people that follow jesus is just to nullify their effectiveness if he can just nullify them for the sake of the kingdom then that's enough for him if he can leave you to live a happy life and and have enough finances and a good job and a good routine and, and not serve Jesus, not make the gospel known, he'll take that, he'll take that because the goal is just to keep this thing from spreading. So if you're in the persecuted church, that's the most important thing to you is, is that the gospel continues to go out. That's how everything was being, that's how everything was being measured. It says in, in Acts chapter eight, after Paul, is, is, is Saul, as he's known then, after he's around for the killing of Stephen in chapter 7, it says Saul approved of his, of his execution. So somebody has now died as a believer. Then a few verses later, it just says, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. It just it just kept going for them. It just didn't stop for them. It'll, it'll say in Acts chapter 4, after the apostles are released from an interrogation, the church gets together, and I've always loved this verse. We've come here a lot in prayer meeting. Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. You hear what they're threatening us about, but you just give us the boldness we need. And you do your part. You stretch out your hand and you do those things. And then it says, when they prayed this, the place where they were gathered was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Continue to speak the word of God with boldness because the gospel spreading was the most important thing to them. And then it says... Uh, in Acts chapter 4, it says they called, they called them Peter and uh, Peter and John. When they had called them in, the men, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. Well, they left the presence of the council rejoicing. They were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And then every day in the temple and house to house, they did not cease preaching and teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. They just didn't stop because that was the most important thing to them boy, we, I, I got to shake myself up, and we, we got to shake ourselves up, that that's the most important value in the persecuted church, is that the gospel keep going out. Here in our freedom, here in America, we have so much freedom. That's just going to be key. I remember in reading in the book, he said when he was visiting with Russian pastors that had lived through the hardships of communism and had been in jail in communist Russia, they said to him, tell our brothers and sisters in America not to not to misuse the freedom that we have won for them. You know and so our lives is following it Jesus can easily become a lot about us with some of Jesus in the mix. But for them Jesus and the gospel has has been everything. There's a there's a point in the book of Revelation where the seals are being opened and judgments are being pronounced and it tells you about this one seal it says when he opened the fifth seal I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they'd borne. And they cried out with a loud voice, O oh, sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you'll judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? That here as you move through the judgments of the t- great tribulations that come, there's this moment where John sees these, whatever, however many there'll be, millions of our brothers and sisters who've been killed who say, how much longer until you avenge this? And, and here's what's the answer they're given. Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. Getting out the gospel. There's going to be, there's going to be deliverance and there's going to be justice. That'll come at some point, just not now. And in the not now, getting out the gospel is the most important thing. Remember, Chiprian said last week in his message in Temptation, can you lay down your right to justice? That was a powerful one for me. You know, think about that. As a follower of Jesus here and around the world, can you lay down your right to justice and continue to follow? Because many of our brothers and sisters, they're not getting justice, but they're just continuing to follow. They're continuing to follow. Another thing we need to grasp out of this is, is prayer to, is key to their protection and their deliverance. So Paul says in, in verse 19, <clears throat> excuse me, he says, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it's my eager expectation, hope, that I will not at all be put to shame. But with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. That I know because of your prayers and by the help of the Holy Spirit. There's this protection that's gonna come by prayer because there's this church in Philippi that's praying for him. It's not gonna come because they went down to City Hall. It's not gonna come because of other things that they did. It's gonna become because people prayed. You're reading the New Testament, people prayed and prison doors were open. People spoke up that you would have never expected to speak up. there was earthquakes like there was in Philippi because people were praying. Remember there's that great moment in the book of Acts where Peter's in jail and they all pray and he gets out of jail and he shows up at the house and they can't even believe it's him so they just keep praying. They just have seen what prayer can do just like our brothers and sisters do now just like we will find out in heaven that's the reality for us. We're praying long distance and so we'll find out in heaven what happened because we prayed. We will find out in heaven what happened because you downloaded that app and one day you happen to pray and on that day something happened there's this, there's this call to us though on how we pray i've got this video short video i want to show you just because you just can't get your mind around this as an american follower of jesus so yeah chris if you want to get the lights again this is just a call to pray pray, for and pray with Yeah, that's another one that just, you know, our prayer would be, get them out, God. Get them safe. Protect my sisters. That's what I keep finding myself praying after I read that thing in Iran. God, would you protect my sisters in Iran? Would you protect them from, from guards that would rape them or abuse them in any way? Would you just protect them? And they, over on their side, they're praying, God, would you please do that? But if you're glorified more through another way, that's okay. Because that's our that's where Paul's at. I just pray that I'm not put to shame because of Christ, because of where that is. You need to pray informed prayers, and so you need to be aware, and you need to pray pray ongoing prayers. Do you see that he says in verse 19, I know that through your, that's plural, the whole body, not just a couple of people, but through your prayers, plural through the fact that you just keep praying for, for, the, for the persecutor brothers. You just keep praying for them and lifting them up, that God's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to release some and others, others. He's just going to accomplish something much bigger than that. But it's important that, that we know that prayer is going to be the key to what God does, that God, what, what he does for them. And then one other observation I make out of this is that deliverance is not the key to them, that Jesus is the key to them. Listen to Paul, his thinking is, is parallel to what it is where he says in 20, as it's my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's his bottom line. Being delivered is not the most important thing. It's that Jesus Christ be known. It's that Jesus Christ be lifted up. And if he's lifted up most by my death, that's okay. Because he understands that that's not a bad thing. He says in 22, if I live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yeah, what do I choose? I can't tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two because my desire is to depart and be with Christ because that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. So commence to this. I know I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and join the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Because that's that's the important thing to him, that last phrase. You may have ample cause to glory in Jesus Christ because it's about his glory. It's not about Paul's deliverance. It's not about any one person's deliverance or safety. It's about Jesus Christ being known. That's the most important thing to them. Talk about a step back point huh where okay god as i sift through my life is that what i say is the most important thing is that people see what you are doing and what you can do and not what's comfortable or convenient or what what's on my life path the way that i'm hoping it goes because that's where they live that's that's where they're forced to live that christ would be exalted that he would be known that is that he's worth following he's worth following and paying a cost for he's worth following and paying the ultimate cost for. He's worth following and having things that aren't fair or aren't right done to you and yet you continue to follow him. Some of us need to pick that up because along the way things have happened to you in your walk with Jesus that haven't been right, they haven't been fair. Maybe they've been done in Jesus name, maybe they've happened in church and you've held back on following Jesus because of it. Where the thing we need to pick up from the persecuted churches, that's happening to them as a normal course of life and yet Jesus is worth Continue to follow wholeheartedly so that people can know him and, and know about him. And so this whole letter just keeps unrolling those things. Like over in chapter 2 and verse 10, he knows that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of Father. He knows what's going to happen. And he wants his life to line up with that, with everything that's going to happen in that right now. That it's all about Jesus, it's all for His glory. Now you package what Chiprian put on his heart to share with us last week—that everything needs to be surrendered. I mean, he went through that that episode of David's sin with Bathsheba and drew out so many things for us of things that need to be surrendered on a regular basis. So you take that his word to us last week on surrender. And then you package that with where we are today in the, in the persecuted church who have to live lives that are surrendered or else they'll just bail, they're just gonna bail. And put those two things together and make sure that your surrender of your life, of your life goals, of how you like to do life, of all of those things are laid down so that God can use you to make Jesus known how he wants to make Jesus known in the life that he's given to you and with the people that he's put around you because that's the goal, that's the ultimate goal. For them, it's not safety, it's not, it's not getting their job back, it's making, making sure Jesus is known, it's making sure Jesus is glorified. So he says at the end of the letter, when he's, when he's wrapping this thing up, he, he, he does what he normally does in Paul's letters. He says in chapter 4, verse 21, he says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. Because, because the body is the body. And people that were with Paul had an interest in Philippi. And people that were in Philippi had an interest in the people with Paul. And people that are in Springfield need to have a burden and an interest in, in brothers and sisters around the world that are suffering. And they definitely have an interest in us. One of the things that Nick Ripkin said at that seminar Cindy and I went to is that they pray for us because they feel like it's harder for us to live as followers for Jesus with all of our freedom than it is for them to live as followers of Jesus with all of their persecution. Boy, try to put your mind around that one, but it's true. Who's sharing Jesus more? And, and I think in the, in the video with Nick Ripkin, we saw, he said you know, most believers will never share their faith. And that, that study, as you see, it's typically, it's up around 90% of Christians will never tell another person how to find Jesus or how to follow Jesus. So that's where the persecuted church really comes to our aid show us that he is so worth following. How about this perspective from, from one of our brothers in Vietnam? He says, our goal is to get to heaven. So if we die, that's the shortest way to get there. <laughs> I mean, put that around, you know, our priorities and our things and how we measure things and how we, f- where we feel like we need to do to be safe. So... Hey, let's stand together and pray. The worship team's going to come up. This, the song they're going to close us with is a song that comes out of Revelation. There's this point when they're ready to open the seals of all these judgments, like the seal we saw, of, you know, where John sees the martyr and he says, you know, they say, God, how much longer till you avenge us? Just before they open these seals of final judgment and God makes everything right, they have a hard time finding somebody that can, that can open those seals. And so John starts to cry and this thing that isn't there anyone that can open the seals and anybody can start this process and and this song uh, that one of the worship leaders of the day has written is a song that just speaks to that is there anyone worthy is there anyone that can open the seal and there is the one it's the lord jesus so father we're so grateful for the ways that you're able to get information out about our brothers and sisters and I keep trying, Lord, but there's no way that I can get close enough to really step into shoes to get a sense of what it's like. What's it like to, like our brothers in Egypt are experiencing, to see so many teenage Christian girls kidnapped and forcibly married to Muslim men as a way of putting an end to their Christianity. We can't get there, so we're just crying out to you, Holy Spirit, to just make our hearts at one with them you say we're one body you say when one suffers the whole suffers. so we're just asking you as a church to allow us to experience that would you put them on our hearts so that we are faithful to be to be praying so that heaven can be released in greater ways to them and would you allow us to use their reality to define our reality and to allow their obedience to color our obedience and would you do that and would you, so that we end up with a greater boldness about talking about Jesus? Because that's what we pray in his name.
3: Within our
4: midst,
3: is. is it good that we remind ourselves of?
0: those things you, you went through and you wondered, oh, I don't know if this is worth it. And then it was. for Some of you, when you got that diploma in your hand, you thought, man, this is worth it. Or when you, those of you that were on championship teams, you thought, man, this was worth it. You know, w- is there anything less than that when we finally get to see Jesus and think, man, that was worth it. Yes. So John ends Revelation, he says, he who testifies to these things, Jesus, says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Our prayer team, come on up now. Maybe there's an area you just need to give over to the Lord so that, you know, so you can make Jesus known. Maybe there's something hard about making him known around you or intimidating. Maybe a good Sunday to have somebody pray over that. So, Lord, here we are in our life. By your grace, we've been born in America. And like we sang as kids, you've shinned your grace on America and we're not doing a really good job with using your grace in America. And so would you use us as your followers to just make right known and justice known, and but especially to make Jesus known. Would you use us this week to make him known in ways we've been afraid to or with doors that have been closed, would you open them this week so that Jesus can be made known and whatever that embarrassment that may bring us or alienation, boy, we're, we're willing to embrace standing with our brothers and sisters embracing so much more than that. So bring yourself glory through us and through them, we pray by the power of your name. Amen.